Boone's speaking for us today. I feel like he has a very specific word for us. I'm excited about it. Look, here's the deal with Shagoon. I, I just want what he has more than the sermon. Like, there's this thing that he has about him. There's this, this presence that he carries that is so attractive, that is so easy to love, so easy to follow. And I want you to know that's how we all feel about you, everyone. You have built up a, a, a deep credit with this body of, of trust in you. And we love you. We're cheering for you. And so we're excited to hear what the Lord has for us. So we bless you, Shagoon. Thank you. Why don't you just bless him? Thank you. Thank you, sir. Praise the Lord. Yes. I want to thank you, Pastor Jared. Thank you for trusting me. And um, I'm highly humbled. So I really appreciate you. Thank you for putting me under your wings. And tutoring me. I really appreciate that. So, uh, folks, it's a new day, and I believe God has something. Yeah, every time I have the privilege, you know, to be up here, I don't take it lightly. So, I want you to just prepare your mind uh, to receive. So, I ask Father Jesus and the Holy Spirit, I want you <laughs> to come and just open up our hearts this morning, shine your light into our hearts, and send the word of wisdom, <laughs> the word of truth that's going to liberate us today. And let that word come and do what is established to do. So I just thank you because you're going to do it. I trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. The Bible says everyone that asks, receives. So I'm praying for an encounter this morning. God is always present. He's omnipresent. But you see, we always ask for the manifestation. There's a difference between presence and manifestation. So I'm just asking for God to manifest himself. Uh, this day. Thank you, Lord. The word of God is very powerful and has absolute authority. Very powerful and has absolute authority and is the truth. Romans 15 and verse uh, 4 says, when Paul was talking about this, he said, whatever was written before were written for our learning that we, through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. So just look at it this way. Any, any word, any scripture has a purpose. Sometimes we might not really realize it until you know, the Holy Spirit sheds the light. 
Then the revelation comes. But I just want you to know. You see, these words were written for a purpose. And they're for us. And we have to be patient about them. Sometimes, you know, you say those words and you're still waiting for it to happen. It's going to happen. It's God. It's God's word. It will never go empty. It will always go establish what it says it will do. So we just have to be patient and wait for it. Let's talk about abundant life. We are followers of Christ. You see, as I, I don't really like using the word Christians because everybody calls themselves Christians. So I'd rather say follower or believer. So that way you know these are people that really believe. These are people that really trust Jesus. Okay, so why did Jesus come to earth? He came to give us abundant life. So that tells me that there's something more to this life. You see, he didn't want us to just live a life that is boring. You know, you wake up in the morning, you pray, you do, you observe all the commandments, you do everything, and you, you know, I don't want to touch anybody, I don't want to commit any sin because I want to go to heaven and that, that, that. You're going to go to heaven. But it's called abundant life. So that means God wants you to live your fullness and affect other people. And that's why you've been made specially. You see, he made you for a purpose. And he gave you talents. He gave you resources. And you're supposed to use this to affect, you know, the people around you. You're supposed to use that to bless somebody else. And you're not supposed to take any of those talents back to heaven. Because heaven doesn't really need those. So you have to, everything that God gives you, Make sure you empty yourself. Because it's going to be a waste if you have a talent and you take it back to heaven. When there are people that really needed it. So it could be your time. It could be money. It could be advice. It could be mentorship. It could be, you know, anything. Always, always, always make sure you live abundantly. And that means you have to live faithfully. You have to live like there's no tomorrow. I'm not saying you should squander stuff. No. But let it be meaningful and affect somebody's life. Abundant living. Revelation 5 and 10 says, He has made us kings and priests, and we shall reign on where? On earth. It didn't say rain in heaven. Rain on earth. So there's a reason for that. We are kings. We are priests. And we have to reign on earth. So that means we have to affect our environment. And that is what, what, what we call abundant living. First Peter Chapter 4 and verse 10. God has given every believer a gift from his variety of spiritual gifts to use them well to serve one another. You see? 
So that means you have to use everything, all your time, your resources, you have to use it. Don't store up treasures on earth. You have to use them. Now let's talk about our identity for a minute. God gave you an identity. Okay, do you know who you really are? You know, I always say this because, you see, sometimes we feel we know who we are, but most times we don't. And the secret of it is, if you don't know God, then you don't fully know who you are. You have to know the Father because you were built according to his image, his likeness. You were meant to be like him. So if you don't know him, then you don't know yourself. Identity. And you don't have to wait until somebody puts their own hidden agenda, you know, on your own identity. And they want you to be somebody else. Look at what the Bible says here. First John 3 and verse 1. It says, see how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they didn't know him. So God created us in his own image. We are sons and daughters. We are we're just here, not just to live, but you have to live that life abundantly. So know whenever you wake up every morning that you are a son of the most high God and you can do anything. You have to bring his will, you know, from heaven. Bring it to earth. And that is your job. I want to point some things out real quick. You see, we all battle an enemy, Satan. And it's good for you to know that Satan knows your identity and what you are capable of. But you see, this is the way Satan works. He's going to keep quiet and just watch to see if you know your identity. If you know who you are in God, in Jesus Christ, it's not going to mess with you. He might try, but you already know who you are. But if you don't know who you are, oh, <laughs> you are dead meat. It will start messing with you. Jesus is God, right? And he came to earth in human form to live among us. And Satan tempted Jesus. So what I'm driving at is, if Satan can tempt Jesus, do you think he can tempt you? So let us just ring for a while. You know, there's a voice. That's the voice of God. That's the true, you know, true voice that you need to listen to. But there are other voices. You see, I, I had the privilege to grow up in a, in a very busy uh, town. 
and there are noises everywhere. It's always loud, always loud. People honking their arms and you know, stuff like that. So after a while, you get used to it. That without even looking, you know, oh, this is a big truck coming. Without looking, oh, that's a train. Without looking, oh, that's the airplane and stuff like that. Oh, that's just a bicycle. Or somebody on roller skates. You know, you know all these things. So you have to be able to distinguish voices. There are some that come quietly. There are some that are really loud. But it doesn't mean because it's loud, it has power. So you have to be able to kind of uh, differentiate. So let's look at uh, <laughs> when Jesus went, and this is so funny. Look at the timing. John the Baptist just baptized Jesus, right? As he dipped him in the water, he came out, the heavens opened. And God spoke. You see, the Holy Spirit came as a dove, landed on him. And he was compelled to go into the wilderness to be tempted. You see that timing? He was there for 40 days, 40 nights. And this is, we're talking about God in human flesh. So definitely he's hungry. He's been fasting. And that's when the devil chose to tempt. So the devil knows the time. He knows when. He knows how to tempt. But you have to be very discerning to know how to you know, avoid things like that. So let's look at the slides. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell those stones to become bread. This is somebody that's been hungry for 40 days and 40 nights. Yeah. If it was me, you know, and the funniest thing is that uh, the way I picture this, when I was growing up, when they always tell us this story, I, I imagined Satan with, uh, with a bag of po uh, popcorn. And he's just throwing it in his mouth, you know, trying to tempt Jesus. And what did Jesus say? The devil said, if you are the son of God, tell the stones to become bread. And he's probably chewing his popcorn, you know, just making fun of him. But Jesus just looked at him. What a stupid question. If, if, you see that if? What arrogance. The same devil used to be a cherub in the heavens, right? Before he was sent down. Now you are asking me, God in flesh, if I'm the son of God. But Jesus had to be humble because he was here on the mission. So he just pipe low, he piped down, okay? I'm gonna give you your answer. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now look at the devil again. The second time, he used that same word again, if. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down from this high point because it is written. 
So look at the devil quoting the Bible. So the devil knows scriptures. And there will be times that you feel you are listening to God's word, but it's actually the devil that's speaking to you. So you have to be aware. So that means you yourself, you have to stand on the word. You have to know your word. The devil is not joking. He quoted the Bible. That the, he said the angels, they will pick you up so you won't set your feet against any stone. And Jesus said, it's also written. Do not put the God, the Lord your God, to the test. Because I know exactly who I am. And you know, devil is always persistent, right? Let me try just one more gimmick. Then the third time he said, he took him to a high place, you know, look at all this kingdom and all that. I mean, showing him. These are my things. You know, these are the things that I and God did in the beginning. Now you're asking me if I want this. How can I want what's already mine? And said, okay, all these things I will give to you if you will bow down and worship. I don't even know why Jesus had time for him, for his nonsense. <laughs> he just told him, away. Just get away from me. It is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So I say it again. If the devil can tempt Jesus, he can tempt you. And you better be ready. And he knows how to watch. He knows when to strike. He knows what to ask. And he's persistent. But we have an identity. We are sons of God. And we can be bold about it. Because it will never leave you nor forsake you. It's always there. You see, I, I get this uh, imagery of God. You know, so, so sometimes we feel he's so busy doing other stuff, he doesn't have time for me. But I see, I just imagine him, you know, imagine maybe like a board meeting, and people are, you know, just sitting down having a meeting, and your dad is the director or CEO, and you want to talk to him, and you just knock on the door. Uh, Dad, can I see you a minute? And it just stops. All right, guys, uh, just give me a few minutes. My son is here. We got a chat. Yeah. And he goes. You see, that's the way God is. He always has time for you. He always has time. Always, don't be afraid to go to him. Don't be afraid to ask him anything. He's your father. You know, there are times that the enemy will, will look at you and look at your past. Oh, you that you used to do this and do that, look at you now. Yeah. You're born again. Use your identity. Tell him, oh, that was my past. But look at me now. <laughs> but you know what? Look at your past. You were right there in heaven. You fell. And what is your future? You're going to rot. No, not even rot. You're going to burn forever and ever and ever. And make sure you echo it. 
You know, you rub it in so that we know. You have to know your identity. Or it's going to mess you up really bad. And this is the truth. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I like the fact that Pastor Jared said that during encouragement. First Corinthians 3 and 16. The Spirit of God dwells in you. How assuring. You know, you wake up in the morning and you know, ah, oh, good morning, Holy Spirit. <laughs> yes, it's another day. And I can do anything with you by my side with you living in me, and I can do stuff for other people with you living, you know, on me. It's in us for us and on us for others, right? Amen. And we can always use that. Now, <laughs> so there was a day I was going to work, and my job, we wear scrubs, right? And the male scrubs, the pants, I was only one pocket in the back. And I'm used to carrying my phone, my wallet, maybe a snack once in a while. And I just got, you know, I just dressed up. I was tying that belt, you know, the little uh, string. I tied it and I put my wallet and it sacked. I put, I always use a holster for my phone. I put that too and it sacked. And the Holy Spirit was telling me, hmm, you need to be aware of the truth. Belt of truth. And I just remembered, you know, um, the armor of God. Yeah. And I was, you know, I just felt compelled to look at it. You know, just read it one more time. And when I read that uh, verse, Ephesians 6.14, it says to put on the armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may stand your ground. So there's a day of evil that can come anytime. You don't know, but you have to be prepared. And it was warning me <laughs> that you see, you put your wallet there, and you know, this is the belt of truth, right? When you put that in there, you sacked. When you put your phone, you sacked. <laughs> You're losing your truth. You're not standing firmly. You better adjust yourself before something happens. And I'm like, Holy Spirit, what are you talking about? And I'm like, <laughs> you see, these are voices. And what they do is they just change things around. They twist the truth or tell lies or tell you afterwards. And you have to be able to catch it. Because if you don't catch it, you'll fall for it. And it was telling me that <laughs> this can come from anywhere. For example, your phone. You know, you relate with people, right? So when you speak with people, make sure you speak in truth. And you listen to the truth. Because there will be many voices out there that are going to twist things. You got your wallet. That means finance. Money has already all things, right? Well, <laughs> the, what's, the love of money does what? The <laughs> root of evil, the love. And it's telling me, <laughs> you have to be really careful. 
So you better stand firmly with your belt. And he gave me some examples, you know, I would like to share with you. Um, Philippians 4 and 5 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are what? Excellent and worthy of praise. So that means sometimes, you know, the voice just comes and we drift from talking about stuff that are excellent to something else. But it's warning us that we should fix our thoughts on what is true. Truth. And I was wondering, why does truth have to be the very first thing there? If you look at that, uh, the armor of God too, it said the belt of truth. That was the very first thing. John 17 and 17. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. This is Jesus talking, you know, just talking to his father. He's living earth, and he has his followers. He's told them he's going to be living and, you know, like that. But they didn't really understand. So he's now asking God to make them holy. Sanctify them by your truth so that they know your truth so they can survive. Because he knew that the enemy was coming. Proverbs 23 and verse 23. It says, buy the truth and do not sell it. Also, wisdom and instruction and understanding. And I still don't get it. Why does the Bible keep putting truth in front? So does that mean truth is more important than wisdom and this and that? I'm like, okay. I'll just keep reading. So I kept, you know, just reading and searching. Psalm 23, uh, 25, verse 5. says, escort me into your truth. Hmm. Escort me. That means it's going to hold your hand. And you move together. Take me by the hand and, and seek me. For you are the God of salvation. I have wrapped my heart into yours all day long. You see, this still doesn't really make much meaning because I knew all these things before. But I'm like, Holy Spirit, what is going on? Uh, okay, just wait for it. Now, John 8 and 32. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And when the Spirit of the Lord is around, what happens? Freedom. The Lord is in the spirit, right? And when the spirit of the Lord is around, there's always freedom. So now, freedom means truth. Now look at it this way. When you start hearing something that's not the truth, what is happening? You are losing that freedom, right? You are going into bondage. You are listening to the lie of the enemy. And gradually, gradually, before you know it, <laughs> you're in bondage. So we have to listen to God's voice. We have to stand for the truth. 
Because if you don't stand for the truth, you will fall for anything. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. We have to listen only to God's voice. But that could be really difficult. We got things going on. We got people. We got, there are so many things beckoning at us. How do we, you know, do that? So let me give you an example. Let's go back to the very beginning. Genesis 3. We'll go back to Eden. The Garden of Eden. The serpents came and spoke with Eve. Okay, God already gave them instruction. I don't want you to eat from these two trees, right? Do not even go near. But the enemy came and twisted the truth. Okay, look at it this way. Satan came and asked the serpent, asked Eve, did God really tell you not to eat that fruit? And she said, if I bear him, oh, God said, no, don't touch it, don't even go near it. If you do that, you die, you do this, you die. So she knew the truth. But what did Satan do? Twisted it. Really? You think, you think that's true? He's only saying that so that you, don't, you won't have wisdom and knowledge. And she kind of fell for it. Oh, I want wisdom. I want knowledge. And she ate the fruit. Now, many people will be blaming Eve. Oh, she did this, she did that, after she's been told. And let me give you a natural example that we, okay. You know, when you go shopping, right? There's this uh, inflatable balloons that goes like that. I don't know what it's called. Uh, something dance, dancing mine or whatever. It just goes like that and goes like that. Now, imagine yourself going, okay? All right, I'm just going to go window shopping. I don't have money to spend. But I just want to feel good, you know, sometimes. All right, you get there, you look at stuff, and as you are going, you see one dress that you really love, or a shoe, a pair of shoes. Wow, I've been wanting that, right? Uh, let me just, and while you are looking at it, you're already imagining yourself wearing them. Oh, I'm going to look so nice in this, and that, that, that. And it just suddenly occurs to you, wow. This dress looks good, right? It feels good, and I can see myself wearing it. Then as you are going, you'll see sale. Everything must go. Wow. Now you start soliloquizing. Okay, so uh, that bill, actually I can move that bill to next month. Um, you know, this one, and do this, and do this, and oh, I can pay for it. And you end up buying stuff. Because it says everything must go doesn't mean it has to go to your house. Yeah. You know that, right? But because you were able to calculate, yeah, I just move things around and get this done and that. Now, you got all this merchandise. Now you are blaming Eve. You see, you listen to the voice too. So stop blaming Eve. It's the enemy that's really corny. 
that you have to be aware of the voice. She listened to the wrong voice. Let's take another example quickly. Let's look at Cain and Abel. The Bible said they brought their offerings to God. And Abel's offering and himself, Abel and his offering, God received them. But he rejected Cain's offering and Cain. Now he got mad. He got angry. And if you actually look at that uh, script, let me see if I can find that. Somewhere Genesis 4 and 10. And you see, God actually told him, okay, why are you mad? You know the right thing to do. Why didn't you do it? So you got good, you got bad. You have to think. And he actually warned him in advance that temptation is crouching at your door. Be careful. Choose well. You know what happened next? Cain called his brother Abel. Oh, let's go. Let's just go out. They went to the field, and he killed his brother. God already warned you, but you listened to a different voice. So what did Cain do? Cain fixed his thoughts. Remember that verse? Cain fixed his thoughts on anger and jealousy. He killed his brother because God accepted Abel's offering. He chose, he made the wrong choice. He listened to the wrong voice. I mean, I can go on and on. Look at Joshua and Caleb. You see, they sent 12 spies to go to, you know, check on the promised land. Just, just go, tell us what you see, give us reports. They came back out of 12 of them, 10 were sent something entirely different. And Joshua and Caleb were like, no, we can, we can do this. We can do this. We're able to do this. We got behind us. We can do it. You see? Uh, Joshua and Caleb, they fixed their thoughts on the truth. They didn't listen to the wrong voice. So they did that right, right? And the other voice says, oh, we're not, we're not going to do this. The Bible said there was a time they went back and forth, back and forth. And due to the argument, they almost stoned uh, Caleb and Joseph. And Joshua. So you can imagine you're listening to the wrong voice. And because you did that, look at the punishment. All those people, they had to stay 40 years. None of them got to enter the promised land. Just Joshua and Caleb and their kids. So you have to really listen. Make sure you're not listening to the wrong voice. Another one would be, uh, let's look at King David. King David bought the truth. Remember that, 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 uh, that scripture that says, buy the truth, do not sell it. Okay, so he bought the truth, but he sold it. He sold it in adultery and pleasure. He saw Uriah's wife, uh, Bathsheba, and he wanted her. You're supposed to be at war. What are you doing home? What are you doing at home? But he listened to the wrong voice. After committing the act, after killing the husband, you know, he was trying to get away with it. 
And God sent uh, Prophet Nathan to, to go tell him what you did is wrong. Because he listened to the wrong voice. And lastly, King, uh, King Solomon. King Solomon bought the truth, but he sold it to idols, idolatry. Of all the wisdom, all the knowledge, the riches, everything. He was the one that built the temple. He was the one that built his palace. The Bible said he built it, the temple for about seven years and his own palace for about uh, 13 years, making 20 years he was building. And God already warned them, do not marry from certain tribes. They did not listen. What did he do? He kept marrying and marrying. Look at all his wives and concubines. And when they come, they come as a package. They come with their idols. Eventually, this is a guy that his dad has strong faith in God, serve God. He was trying to serve God, but he, had, he was listening to other voices. Not even a voice this time. Voices from all the gods and all the wives. I can imagine the bickering. Oh, I need to get this. I need to get that. I need to get this. And just imagine. How do you cope with that? So the voices or the voice that you listen to is very critical. And all I'm saying this morning is just make sure you listen to the voice of God. There are so many voices out there. And these voices, they include money, property. It could be your career or your job. It could be family, your spouse, children. It could be food. It could be health. It could be relationship. It could be friends, hobby, vices, whatever it is, social media, papers, press. They have their own voice. And they have a way of pulling away the truth from you. And you start believing them. So we have to be careful as believers. Trust only God. Serve him only. Lord, sanctify them by your word. Hmm. We have to fasten our belts. Every morning, always remember your belts. Guard yourself. It's very important. When they say things like that over and over, that means, you know, when, when they start repeating it, that means God has a message regarding that. He knows there's something coming, and you have to be really, really careful about it. So this morning, before we go into prayers, what voices are you listening to? What are the voices that are pulling you away from God's voice, from the truth. The truth will set you free. It's only the truth that we do things that you'd never even believe. And that's why if, if Christianity was not based on the truth, then that means salvation, faith, and all that are lies, right? 
So at the end of the day, I now came to realize, oh, so that's why in those verses, they were putting the truth first. Truth, then wisdom. Truth, then understanding. Truth. Truth has to be the foundation. And when you build on the truth, the word of God, there will be shaky times. There will be storms. But you remain standing because you're standing on truth. So I want to challenge us this morning. What lies have we listened to? Is it because you want to get a promotion? Is it because you want to get a better property? What lies have you believed? Better still, what truth has been distorted? Because we feel we can get away with stuff. Oh, I just do this. Oh, you know, nobody knows. Nobody's going to know. It's high time, you know, we face the truth. We stand on the truth. Because the enemy sees. The enemy is looking. And you have to guard yourself. So let's just rise up and go into prayer. So, Father, the very first thing we're going to do is ask the Lord to help us know the truth so that we can be free. Because we may feel we are free, and we're really not. If you still keep listening to those voices, then you're not free. We can't sit on the fence with this. We're either totally in or out. So we have to be in. Let's ask the Lord to remind us of the truth whenever our minds are prowling about. You know, the enemy comes like a star. Just comes that gentle voice. <laughs> you feel it's the Lord, but it's actually the enemy. So we ask for discernment to be able to know. Let's also ask the Lord to help us to remember who we are, our identity, who we are called to be, not who the word says we are, not who the enemy says we are, but who God says we are.
Let's ask for that grace. And finally, we're going to ask <laughs> that Lord, you help us to fasten our belt of truth so that whenever the enemy comes, <laughs> we are ready for it. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you. Father, we just come <laughs> as your children right now, trying to embrace the truth. We thank you because <laughs> you are our Father. We thank you for the identity that you've given us. And we know it cannot, it can never be taken away from us. So, Father, we just thank you this moment. <laughs> for even thinking about us, for adopting us to be your children and opening up possibilities, benefits, uncountable things that we can do. We just appreciate you, Lord. So we're now asking, Lord, help us to be better in our truth. Help us to stand for the truth. Whenever the enemy comes, huh, we have our belts of truth fastened and ready. So, Father, we ask, oh, Lord, if there's anything that is drawing us away from you, <laughs> from that truth, any voices we're listening to, Father, please draw us back to you. We want to listen to only you. We want to only hear your voice. Give us that spirit of discernment <laughs> to be able to know things even before they happen. Open up our eyes, Lord. Open our ears. Shine your light into our hearts, Lord. We know the enemy has come to kill, to steal, and destroy. But you are our father. And you always walk with us. And you are bigger than the enemy. So we just thank you, Lord. As we go, <laughs> let us go in peace. We pray that your truth will guide us. Amen. We ask that your truth will sanctify us. We ask that your word will always echo in us. Amen. We ask that your spirit will live in us and direct us and guide us to do the right thing. Father, we know it's going to be really hard. It's going to be difficult as human beings. But we ask for your will to be done in our lives. So we ask on purpose, we are suppressing our own will and asking for your will. We're yielding to you, Lord. Amen. Father, help us. We need your help. We cannot do this alone. 
Because <laughs> several times the flesh will push us to two things that we don't even know. But we are asking, Lord, help us. Just give us that strength to be able to withstand when the enemy comes. Amen. Father, we just thank you. Thank you we appreciate you for the word today. Let it manifest in our lives. Let it germinate. Let it be fruitful. In your kingdom, Lord, let us be counted worthy. Father, we thank you. We appreciate you. You take all the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Pastor Jared. Well, we, if you want prayer, we want you to come to the front. We'll pray for you, but we just want to bless you as you go. I love that. Belt of truth. The buying of the truth. I love that idea. Buy it. Go after it. Get the truth. So we just bless you right now with truth. Amen. Yep. That our whole being will be sustained by the truth of God. That it will make us free in every area of our lives. Hmm. Any area of our life that's under the influence of a lie, we break it right now. We invite you, Holy Spirit, Spirit of truth. When Jesus left, he said the, the Spirit of truth would come and he would tell us and lead us into all truth. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and lead every one of us into truth. We invite a conversation with you, Holy Spirit, a dance with you, that you would lead us into all truth. God, I ask that you bless every family here. Bless every family, every, every kid that's represented here in this house. Bless every home that's represented and may truth be the shield over us, God, like a banner hiding and protecting us, God. I bless you. Thank you for being here. If you want prayer, we want to pray for you. Um, be well in Jesus' name.